Good day everyone, you're listening to Time for Your Hobby, and this is episode 160. Make sure to have your fruits and veggies. Sound like an old parent saying that. I'm your host Alex, and today I have the honor to have Daisy as my guest on the show. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I am doing fantastic, and it's always great when I'm talking to another podcaster, somebody who has an idea of what podcasting is, so... I have to be on my best behavior. <laughs> oh, well, I guess I have to be on my best behavior. <laughs> well, thank you. Yes, we're just going to be saying thank you and sorry throughout the entire episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I have an excuse. I'm Canadian, so I'm used to saying sorry all the time. Oh, well, I have the same excuse. I'm also Canadian. <laughs> oh, no way. Well, hello. <laughs> yeah, but I'm from a colder place and not because of the winter, just because it's Ottawa, because of the politicians. I, <laughs> you're funny. Well, I actually, I live in the United States right now, so not to get cold, but I know a little bit about that. But I actually used to live in Ottawa when I first came to uh, North America. That was the first city I lived in. Oh, okay. Well, look at that. Uh, maybe we saw each other at some point. It, it could be. Yeah. The only thing I remember about Ottawa is that it was so cold in the winter that you used to have to plug your car in to an electric socket when you parked your car or else you wouldn't be able to turn your car on the next day. Do you know what I'm talking about? I have never done that, but I can imagine that uh, to keep the current going, I, I can't imagine. Yeah, it, I've never tried that, but that's a good idea because I've had sometimes my car not starting. Yeah, winter is brutal. But you know what? Winter is not the best thing for this hobby. The opposite of winter, which is summer, spring, was actually it's actually the better condition for Daisy's hobby, which we're going to jump into of Fruits and vegetable garden. I can't even say it. Fruits and vegetable gardening. There you go. But before we do that, I'm going to ask the cliche question of who is Daisy? Yeah. Well, yep. So like I said, my or like Alex said, my name is Daisy. I'm just a typical girl living in uh, Michigan, United States currently. What else is interesting about me? I guess I'm. I work in the medical field, and uh, mm -hmm. during COVID. 19 the lockdown i decided that i had nothing else better to do so i i started a garden and here we are became my hobby and now i'm on this podcast and it's a pretty good hobby because you get to eat your hobby <laughs> yeah 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 it's a, it is kind of an interesting concept all this love and care you give to to watching something grow and then you know at the end of it you're you you just kind of eat it and put it in your pan and fry it up and all that stuff i cannot do that with my podcast <laughs> That'd be kind of weird if I just like download it onto a USB and then eat the USB. I'm getting into some, some weird context right here. Anyways, fruits and vegetables are a lot better. <laughs> so before we jump into that topic of sharing the love and loving things, do you have any social media links, websites, or projects that you would love to share so people can come check out and show some love? Yeah. So currently I am working on starting a podcast. I do have some social media handles that you can come find me at. It's going to be called Why You Podcast. You can find me on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, I'm hoping to kind of go live with that podcast in the next couple of weeks or so. So, but yeah, if you have any questions or want to say hi to me, just come find me. And by the time this episode comes out, eh, you know what? You'll have a lot of episodes and a lot of information and you'll probably hear me because apparently tomorrow I'm doing one episode on her podcast. So you get to hear me ramble even more. <laughs> Yay! So I'll put all that down below so you guys can go check that out and show some love. And now on to the topic of today. We're going to be talking about gardening, but not just typical, typical gardening. We're going to be talking about gardening for fruits and vegetables. So how did you actually get introduced to that? 
Well, I would say that my dad and my parents, but my dad specifically, love to garden. Uh, for many years now, every single summer, my parents have had a huge garden in our backyard, and we pretty much never had to grow up buy any groceries in the summertime. We would just have to buy meats because、uh, my parents grew everything you could think of in the backyard. So that's kind of how I. Was introduced to gardening, but I didn't really think of doing it until we kind of started going into lockdown this year. And do you remember the first thing you ever grew? Was it a carrot, a watermelon? I don't know. What was the first fruit or vegetable you grew, and that you're like, "Wow, this is awesome." So the first thing I grew were、uh, lettuce. I, I grew a whole bunch of lettuce. This was at the beginning of this year, or at like late April, early May, and it looked beautiful and very nice. And it was so nice that all the rabbits came and ate my entire garden. So I didn't even really get to enjoy it, but that's okay. So that that's the first thing I grew was lettuce. I have a feeling like you didn't know you had rabbits until you grew your garden, and then the rabbits came. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely.、Uh, I woke up one morning. Every morning I wake up and I look out my window to check on my garden, and I I almost cried when I saw it because you just saw like your entire patch was just demolished.、Uh, but you know it's nature, so. In some way, you were feeding the community, right? Yeah, exactly. That's what my mom said. I sent her a picture, and she's like, "Well, you know, rabbits got to eat too." So. And when you actually grew your first、uh, vegetable, and when you tasted it, were you like, "Wow, this is cool! I made it myself." I'm not gonna lie. I don't think I garden. I don't think I grow vegetables to. I, I don't enjoy eating it as much as I like to watch it grow and just provide that like nurturing environment for it. I don't really think it tasted any different to me. I can't say I have a very you know complicated palate. Uh, but it, it was just—it was nice to see it grow, and it was just kind of a nice experience to walk out in the backyard and come back with a handful of lettuce and be like, "Hey, look, we can have you know salad for lunch." So that—that that was kind of cool. And so you said you don't really enjoy eating it that much. So do you, let's say, package it up and send it to your family, or make a little like tray for the rabbits so they can come eat? I, I don't know. Instead of them attacking <laughs> your stuff, you got your own little private buffet for rabbits. Ah,、uh, no, I actually. Fenced up my entire garden to、uh, get rid of those rabbits.、Uh, I can't say that rabbits and I are good friends right now, but、um, I like to share vegetables with my friends.、Uh, we will have friends over, and we're, we're going to probably grill some of the squash that we grew or that I grew in the garden later this week, actually. But I think that's the the best part is actually sharing the food that you get from your garden rather than just kind of. You know, just enjoying it by yourself. So, so I would say that's the that's pretty enjoyable for me is to have friends over, or we'll do exchanges. So some of my other friends are gardening, so we're gonna exchange like squash for cucumbers or something later on in the season. This sounds crazy, but I can imagine you guys having like a taste test where you blindfold each other and you have a little piece of squash and you have to guess what that vegetable or fruit is. <laughs> Actually, you know, I I I kind of want to do that, but in a Way where we're like, whose cucumber tastes better, my garden or your garden? <laughs> you know how many? So wait, how many friends do you have that does garden? That'd be a lot. Like let's say fifty friends. You got fifty cucumbers. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. No. So the this year, a lot of us grew kind of the same thing. So I think next year we're gonna all have a plan where one person grows this and another person grows this, so that we don't all have like a a hundred cucumbers that we can't even give it away. 
And speaking about cucumbers, squash, and all the other fruits and vegetables, how many different types of fruits and vegetables have you grown? So currently this year in my garden, I have tomato, squash, cucumber, peas, peppers, watermelon, and I think I think that's it. And I'm still trying to grow lettuce. So uh, yeah, so those are the things I'm growing this year. And is there anything, let's say, the top of the top, like the one thing you really want to grow? Like, I don't know, maybe a pineapple? Is that, is that grown in a garden or a tree? I think it's a pineapple tree. Uh, either way, <laughs> like, is there <laughs> a fruit or vegetable that is like at the, the top, top of the mountain that you want to achieve growing in your garden? Yeah. So I really want to be successful this year in growing watermelon because watermelon, I think melons in general are notoriously hard to grow. Uh, I think because they need a lot of space, they need a really good soil, they need constant like fertilization and enough water. Um, so that would be my main goal this year out of, out of all of my crops is I want to have one good sized watermelon that I could eat at the end of the year. And I could see you naming it. This is Walter the Watermelon. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I'm for sure going to name it and it's going to be my baby and I'm going to you know, love it. And my husband's going to think I'm crazy, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so you talked about all these different fruits and vegetables. I would imagine that it's not just sporadically placed around. You probably have it really organized and saying this section is for squash, this section is for cucumber, and then you have one for watermelon. So if it's not too hard to explain, how would you describe your organization for your garden? Yeah, that's a really good question. So these are the things that I definitely ran into some issues with in terms of organizing the garden. So the first thing for any people who are looking to garden out there is you want to kind of do a little bit of research and make sure that the plants that you're putting in the same garden or same space are actually compatible with each other. Because there are some plants that just should not be grown in together. Uh, sometimes a certain plant will excrete, or excrete chemicals that are not good for another type of plant. Sometimes this plant takes up too much room so that other plants will not have will not be able to grow well next to it. So it's very easy just do a very like a very good Google search. So that's the first thing is to determine what I'm going to be putting in the garden and which ones to put together. The next thing would be to kind of look at where the sun is coming from. So you don't want to put the crops that are the tallest in the front where the sun is going to ca cause it to cast a shadow on the rest of your garden because then the, the plants in the back, if they're shorter, they're not going to be able to get enough sun and they're not going to be able to grow well. So you want to always organize it so that the tallest plants are kind of in the back of the garden and the shorter ones are in the front so that you're not casting a shadow throughout the rest of your garden. So I would say those are like the main things to look at when you're organizing it uh, or the things I looked at and also looking at uh, how to kind of trellis some of your plants. So that just means kind of being able to tie them up on either a fence or a stick or something like that. And, you know, that's going to also determine how much room you're going to need. Uh, you want to make sure that you're spacing out your crops enough so that they're not going to kind of grow into each other because then you're going to be prone to pests and disease and all of that stuff. I was thinking of that. I'm like thinking, oh, what if the roots like crisscross and they go into it like beside each other? So this might sound stupid and you might, might be saying, Alex, no, that doesn't work. But would it be possible, let's say, to put like a divider in between, whether it's glass or plastic or something like that to just prevent the roots from, let's say, your watermelon roots to go and attack your cucumber roots? You can do that for sure. 
I don't think it's really necessary because I, I think I'm not an expert on this, but I think that it's okay for the roots to kind of intertwine with each other a little bit, because as long as you have enough fertilizer and you're giving it enough room and water, they'll be fine with the roots kind of, you know, entangled. The only issue you're going to run into is if you're growing your plants too close together and then the roots are too entangled with each other, then they're going to fight for nutrients and water and they're not going to be aired out enough. And again, you're going to be prone to like disease and pests and all that, all that stuff. So it's not really necessary to put a divider through. If you want, you can try it, although it's not common practice that I've seen. But also, if you're really concerned about it, you can just do, you know, gardening in containers. That's a really good option, especially for people who may not have a big backyard is it's just super easy to buy or if you have five gallon buckets laying around, drill a couple holes in the bottom and you got yourself a container that you can grow pretty much anything in. So it seems like it's a lot of like experience for you. Like just you have to figure out like, okay, this distance. And you also have to kind of act like a mother, like, hey, hey watermelon, do not mess with cucumber. Do you want to go on a timeout? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, I, I would say that my plants are, are my babies. I go out there and I look at them every morning. I go out with a, a, a spray bottle. And if I see any pests that are bad for the plants, I go ham. You know, I spray those things off. And if my plants don't do well, um, you know, I actually feel pretty sad about it. So yeah, for sure. <laughs> Speaking about pests themselves, what are some common pests you've encountered? And what is the best way you say you spray them? Is it just with water? Or do you have, let's say, water and let's say, I don't know, vinegar or anything else that would help protect the plant at the same time, not destroy it? Yeah, absolutely. So pests are, there's different kinds of pests when you talk about pests. So pests can be bugs and they can be all kinds of different bugs. You can get aphids, which are these tiny little bugs that like to live under underneath the leaf and they'll kind of eat out all the sap of the leaf. You could have worms that are huge. Uh, I think they're called hornworms or something. And they're, they're disgusting looking. I've seen pictures of them and I pray that I will never have to see them in my garden. But um, so, and even rabbits or deer, they can be considered pests as well. So I already had experience with rabbits. So that's one of the things that I, I had to deal with. And uh, a good way around that is I just put up a fence around my garden the second time around and I haven't had that issue. Uh, a lot of my friends have issues with deer. So you could kind of, there's different ways around it. You can plant certain flowers. I think marigolds are a flower that deer don't like. I think it smells really bad to them. So if you plant that kind of flower around your garden, sometimes it can help deter some some deer. And so, so those are kind of some things for like bigger pests like that. Now, the most common pests you're going to have are bugs. And there's a lot of different types of bugs. And I guess the general consensus is the expectation should be that you're going to have bugs in your garden no matter what. It's just about controlling the population of the infestation once it starts. So I have so far had issues with me uh, mealy bugs. They're very tiny, white, little tick looking like bugs that live on the underside of your leaves. So I had a lot on my pepper leaves. And then you'll notice that you have them because you start noticing this like sticky, white, spidery, web-like um, substance on your leaves. And sometimes your leaves will even stick together. 
Um, so what I did and what is very effective for pest control in general is something called neem oil, N-E-E-M. And you can buy it in the store or you can buy just neem oil and kind of mix it up with water. And once you start kind of seeing any sort of bugs, like aphids, spiders, anything like that, you can just start spraying both the top and the bottom of the leaf. And that will kind of help prevent new eggs from hatching later on. So those are kind of the things that I've had to deal with so far. And I've done enough research where on it and have had enough experience on it now where I'm not really too nervous about it anymore. It's I, I don't see it as like the death of my garden. I just see it as, you know, I love my garden. So I guess so do all these different pests and animals. Now, this is a very bad joke. But what about the pest you love the most? How do you keep him out of the garden, your husband? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's funny, because my husband does not go in my garden ever. I would have to like lure him into the garden with something nice for him to kind of my garden. He's not into it like I am. <laughs> so uh, I, I sometimes like, you know, I'll harvest squash in the morning and I'm jumping up and down. And I'm like, look, look, look at my squash. Look at my squash. And my husband will just be like, yeah, yeah. Okay, whatever. We got it. <laughs> you know what? Maybe, maybe there will be a fruit or vegetable one day that will be in your garden. He's like, honey, look at this. No, I don't want to look at it. <gasps> Is that... Yes, it is. It is that magical fruit you really love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'll have to figure out what that is. But yeah, that's a good suggestion. Now, when it comes to knowing when is the right time to pull out or take the fruit or vegetable out, how do you determine that? Do you have like, I don't know, it's classic style. Like if it's a watermelon, you tap it just to make sure. Do you feel like you've developed a new skill to determine when is the keen time to take it out? You know, that's a really good question. I think that... That is still something that I'm trying to figure out for myself. I think one thing to take into consideration is a lot of vegetables, for example, peppers, you can keep the pepper on the plant and you may be able to take it off when it's like only eight inches long if you're having like a, a yellow pepper or something like that. And it'll taste different than if you leave it on and it actually starts turning a different color. Like it'll usually turn orange or red and that will taste more spicy. So it's actually sometimes just preference. Do you want a milder pepper or do you want a hotter pepper? There are some plants like squash or zucchini where they can get huge. Like the ones that you see at the grocery store, those are a good time where they were taken off the plant so that they still tasted pretty good. But you can, if you leave the zucchini or squash on the plant, they will grow the size of your forearm or even bigger. And some people like that. Like my dad loves that because he will use it, you know, we'll make dumplings sometimes and he'll just use it in his dumpling or we'll make some sort of like zucchini boat where you're putting uh, meat on it. And so you don't really need it, the zucchini to taste a certain way. You just kind of want it to be as meaty as possible. So there are definitely specific times that you should be harvesting your plants, but it also can depend on what you want to do with your vegetables. And is there one of those vegetables or fruits that you find is the hardest to tell when it's ripe? Kind of like an avocado when you never know. Like it's, just, it's like for avocados, I feel like it's one hour. You got a one hour span from not ripe to ripe and then to run. Yeah, <laughs> I would say that I have not been able to successfully grow watermelon to a point where I could harvest it 
But I have heard that watermelon can be very hard to tell, you know, when is a good time to take it off or, or melon in general, because sometimes if you leave it on for too long, some sort of bird or squirrel or or I don't know about squirrels, but some sort of other animal may get to it before you can. Uh, but, you know, if you don't leave or if you leave it on or if you don't leave it on en- long enough, it's not going to be ripe enough. And so I think watermelon or melon general is one of those plants that are kind of harder to gauge on when would be a good time to harvest it. And I, I think that's kind of sad, too, because watermelon takes so much effort or it can take so much effort to grow. And one watermelon plant may only give you like three watermelons, two or three watermelons the entire season. So you kind of only have like two or three chances to get a good watermelon versus a pepper plant will give you 50 peppers throughout the season. So, you know, if you miss the timing of one, it's not a big deal. So I think melons in general is probably one of the harder ones to kind of gauge when is a good time to harvest. It feels like you just have to look at it constantly like, all right, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? No, you're not ready? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not a problem for me because if you ask my husband, I am out there like every hour and my husband is just like, what do you think has changed in the last hour? And I'm like, I don't know, maybe a leaf got bigger, you know? So I keep my eye on it pretty good. It's kind of like when you blink, it grows. Like, what just happened? How How did that happen? So, like, you try to blink yeah. as many times as you can so it grows faster? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's absolutely true, though. Once the planet or once the plants kind of start growing, they grow so fast. Like, they'll grow in like maybe an inch or two every single day. So, mm. it literally feels like you blink your eye and it grows a little bit taller. And I'm sure you've gathered all this information from people online. So, for you, what is your preferred? resource when you want to learn more about gardening and growing fruits and vegetables? I think everything in general. Um, When I started gardening, I was nonstop, constantly. I had like YouTube channels on gardening in the background all the time because, you know, two different people may have different things to say about the same technique or the same way of gardening. So I just watched a lot of different videos on YouTube. But honestly, I think for me, the best way that I learned uh, is just kind of Google the the things that you encounter as you go along. So when you start off, you start Googling, you know, how to build a raised garden bed. And then you start Googling like how to, you know, what kind of soil you need. And then just kind of ciphering through all of the information out there and doing kind of experiments almost. You kind of want to test to see what's going to work best for you because Honestly, gardening is just personal preference. There's no one way to do it. Um, So a lot of times it's just experimenting for yourself. So for me, it's just a lot of constant research and experimenting. And, you know, you find something that works, you just kind of keep with it. And I would also imagine your environment is also very important where you can grow stuff. So it's really important to learn about what is good for the climate you're currently in. Yeah, that's a very good point, actually. So if you look on a, if you Google it, you can find where you're lo- like where you're located you can find that on kind of like a climate zone for gardening so for example in Michigan i think i'm in like zone 6a or 6b and it's just kind of like the it gives you a, the hardiness level of your region so that means you know if a plant is very hardy it may be able to survive colder weather so if you have a plant that is able to survive 
in Florida throughout the quote unquote winter, it's not going to be able to survive Michigan winter. So those are really important things to look at. Also, you know, where you are climate wise is going to tell you how long your growing season is. So we have a much shorter growing season than people who live in South Carolina or California or Florida. So that's a good point, like something that's very important to look at. And for you, what would you say is the best part about growing fruits and vegetables on a personal and an emotional level? I think it's just for me, I just like to watch the growth of the plants. Um, For me, that's very calming and therapeutic. Like you feel like you're contributing to something where you can see results and change uh, in a relatively short amount of time. I also enjoy the fact that gardening has also given me kind of this vehicle to share the things that I'm growing with my friends and family. So that's kind of like something where I'm able to bond more with my friends and family through the vegetables or gardening in general. Um, My parents all my mom and dad and me, we all live in three different places and three different zones and climates. So we kind of just share our pictures of like, how's your squash doing today? Look at my cucumber today. Mine's bigger than yours. Ha ha. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> so yeah, I think that's what gardening has really done for me is just kind of given me something where I can use to bond with my friends and family. And I'm, 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 Asian, I'm Chinese. And so bonding over food is actually a very common theme in our culture. So it's kind of added to that, I would say, that gardening is almost kind of made it easier for me to, you know, apply, like it's it's been able to be applied to me in a cultural aspect, I guess you can say. You know what? It's kind of like just connecting with your roots. No pun intended. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was definitely planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you were mentioning that you enjoyed watching your ve- fruits and vegetable grow, so it just led me to think of: Did you ever consider, let's say, doing a time lapse, like have a video camera and you just time lapse that growth? Since you said it grows pretty fast, but just watching it grow. Yeah, I have considered it. I'm not gonna lie; I've just been really bit lazy this year that I haven't done it. Um, but I definitely have. Uh, was planning on doing it. I I have I'm into photography as well, so I thought it would been it would have been really perfect, but I just didn't really get around to it. Um, but I I'm growing some new flowers, so I think I will try to do maybe a time lapse or take photos of my flowers as they're growing. So well, if you ever do decide to do that, and then before this episode comes out, I will share that with the people so they can watch it the whole time lapse. Yeah, if it's an hour long, they have to watch the whole hour. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're not allowed to leave or click out until they've seen the entire thing. And then they get to watch you eat it just to tease them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. This is my cucumber. You can't have it. (laughs) And for you, what was your biggest challenge when you first started growing fruits and vegetables? Oh, my biggest challenge is there was a lot of things. But I would say this year, my biggest challenge was that I, I just I didn't listen to facts. And so a lot. So basically, when I started this year, uh, the expected last frost date of the season was like mid-May in Michigan this year. And 
in the end of April and the beginning of May, we had a lot of warm days because in Michigan, it pretty much goes from winter to summer. We don't really have too much of a spring. So I thought, okay, winter is over. Summer is here. So I'm just going to, you know, put all my plants in the ground. And this is the beginning of May. And then mid-May came, and what do you know? There is a frost, and it's like 23 degrees, 25 degrees Fahrenheit at night, and frost will kill all of your plants. So one night, my friend texts me, and she was like, at one in the morning, and she was like, do you know that it's snowing outside right now? And sure enough, it was snowing. So at one in the morning, I got out of bed, I went outside, and I I placed a tart over my plants to kind of save them from snow and frost. So that was definitely my biggest struggle at the beginning of the year. And because I didn't kind of follow that guideline and I planted my crops too early, they were pretty stunted. So my squash were in the ground for uh, like six weeks before it even started to grow. So I think that was a that was a big challenge, my own fault. But yeah, big challenge this year. And what is your current biggest challenge? It seems like you understand that concept now. Do you have another challenge that is ahead of you? You're like, ooh, this is something new. I'm not sure how to deal with. Yeah. So pretty much we've been talking about uh, I have an in-ground garden that's doing really, really well with the tomatoes and the squash and the cucumbers. But as a kind of a fun experiment, I actually also have a side garden on my patio and it's it's a it's a planter. So it's a raised garden bed that's raised up by legs so it doesn't hit the ground. And I thought it'd be fun to see if I grew cucumber and tomato in that, what it would look like compared to the plants that were growing in ground. And right now, my ch- my the biggest challenge I'm having is the fact that I can't figure out why the plants in my planter are not growing very well. So you, you can see a very clear difference that the plants in my planter are stunted. They're not growing well. I, I did soil tests. I tried to amend the soil based on the soil test. Uh, I've tried watering it differently and, and all of that stuff, but it's just not really growing. So I would say that's the biggest challenge I'm having right now is figuring out what is going on in that planter. But I think it's, it's for me, it's, it's a fun challenge. You know, that's why I did it is so that I could kind of compare the two. It's kind of an experiment that is going to help me learn and maybe be better next year. And who knows, you might even develop a technique that is not necessarily common and it just, it just works for you in your garden. Right. Yeah, hopefully. So I'm still working on it. If I figure something out, you know, I'll send you a picture of it looking looking better. (laughs) And I can imagine this can get somewhat stressful if something does not necessarily go the way you want it to go. So on that note, has growing fruits and vegetables ever stressed you out? And if so, what is your best de-stressor? I would say when I first started gardening, we kind of talked a little bit about pests. Uh, I personally... I hate bugs. I don't know what it is about them, right? It it doesn't make any sense because like hypothetically, you can just kill any bug very easily. But if I see a bug, I just get really freaked out. I hate it. You know, I'm just one of those people who calls my husband if I see a spider inside the house, like it's his job to kill it. And um, yeah, so for me, the most stressful part at the beginning was definitely dealing with pest control uh, or, or just kind of having the nerve to go out and deal with pest control. Um, so, but once I did it a few times and you, you kind of get used to it. So for me now it's not, 
it's not a big deal unless if I see those big worms crawling over my my tomatoes, then that's it. They can have them. I'm not going out there to deal with those. <laughs> so you know what? That you you deserve it. At this point, it's it's yours. I loved it very much, but you know what? It's yours now. Fine. Oh but. yeah, those things are are huge. If if you like, if anybody has time to just Google hornworms, they're gigantic. Like I don't want to deal with that. They can definitely have my garden. <laughs> Or you can call your husband and he can deal with them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. That's a good point. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> and what are some misconceptions about people who grow fruits and vegetables? What are some misconceptions about people who grow, who garden? I don't really know if there's any misconceptions about people who grow garden, who grow gardens. I, I guess I can answer maybe some misconceptions about gardening in general, if that's okay. Absolutely. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So um, I would say the biggest misconception about gardening in general is that it has to be difficult or that it has to be expensive or that you have to do it a certain way. Gardening is personal. You can do it any way you want. You can Google some things and do research and people will tell you what you should be doing. But Ultimately, there's a lot of different ways to grow vegetables. Like I this year, I put a lot of time and effort to buy the correct soil and to try to grow things based on research or some of the things that I found that worked for other people online. And my garden is doing really, really well. But I wanted to put that effort in there, you know, but some of my other friends, they they just kind of, you know, bought just some random bag of soil and threw it in a five-gallon container they had around the house, and their vegetable is growing very good as well. So it's just kind of one of those things where I think you you make it what it is. You know, it, it doesn't have to be anything in particular. And also, I would say that so often we look online or Instagram or pictures of like other people's garden, and there's just looks so beautiful or big or luscious. And so then we expect that our garden look the same way. And I think it's important to note that plant growth can look like a variety of different things. Maybe your plants is, plants are not as big or not as tall, but it's still giving you fruit. And that's all that's important. So I, I would say those are kind of some misconceptions that are not true. And this is what the old expression comes into play when life gives you lemons. You know, just you got to work with what you have. Exactly. That's exactly what gardening is. You just work with whatever you have. They're, you know, they're plants. They will grow. Sometimes, like I've been reading on Reddit a lot under the gardening subreddit. And a lot of people, funny, funnily enough, their favorite method of gardening is just to neglect their garden. They think that if they neglect their garden, that their garden is going to grow great. Uh, and the more you baby it, the more it's going to be fussy. So, and I think it's true. I've seen a lot of their pictures and their garden looks beautiful and they pretty much don't even go out there except to harvest. So, yeah, it's literally whatever you want to make it. You know what? It sounds, it's a weird way I'm doing a segue, but I accidentally planted corn once by accidentally. This is back in high school. I made this like little mechanism where it's like a paper toilet roll with a half balloon cut around it. And I would put a uh, corn seed inside and like shoot it far away. And what I ended up happening is I was shooting in the backyard and I would shoot it and it would go into the ground. And then my dad saw corn growing. He's like, what? How? <laughs> yeah. I, my favorite, my favorite one on subreddit was this thread where somebody took a picture of this tomato growing out of that crevice of 
a crevice of like a cement crack. Okay. And this tomato was just growing beautifully. It was growing kind of crooked, but it was fruiting and everything. And everyone in the comments were just like, dang it. Like I spent so much time babying <laughs> the tomato and it doesn't even look as good as this tomato growing out of a crack from the cement, you know? <laughs> it's like just a pot of gold. You just hit luck. And it, but once again, you got to work with what you have. So this person had a crack. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and they, they, it just randomly grew, you know, so it worked for them. So why not? Right. Tomato is a tomato. And another really tough question, but it's also very important. What has growing fruits and vegetables taught you in life? Oh, I think that it has taught me patience for sure. Um, I would say now that the season is kind of coming along, my plants and veg like my plants and my vegetables, they're growing pretty well. They're growing every single day. You can see some progress. But at the beginning, when I first planted my vegetables, uh, they tend to be slower to start because when you plant something, the plant has to get accustomed to the soil. It kind of has to establish its roots in the ground and kind of send out some more stronger roots into the environment. Um, and that takes a minute. And so for me as a gardener, I'm looking at my crops every single day and I think something is going wrong because nothing is growing. And so that was kind of the first month and a half uh, where I just thought that, okay, whatever, I, I guess I just don't have a green thumb. Uh, I can't grow anything. And then all of a sudden, they just they just grow like crazy. You don't even know what to do with all of your plants. And then once they start fruiting, you're so excited to harvest, right? You're so excited. You're like, oh, I see a tomato. I want to eat that soon. And then the tomato will take weeks to to actually get ripe and turn red or whatever color it is. So then you got to keep looking at it and then you got to make sure you're protecting it from all the elements and pests like, you know, birds and squirrels that will come and pick your hard work. So definitely having to have patience and and uh, just not not rush things or understand that it just takes time. So that that's definitely been a big lesson for me or not lesson, but something that I've had to practice a lot of with my with this hobby. yeah yeah you gotta make time for your hobby see what i did there yeah <laughs> and that's why i'm on this podcast yes it was meant to be we we're talking about time taking it your was. time <laughs> it was meant to be <laughs> and do you want to present this hobby to the world or use it more as an escape from reality yeah i think this hobby for me is definitely something that I like to share. Um, I send my friends Snapchats of my like the progress of my, my uh, from my plants almost like every other morning. I don't know if it's welcomed, you know. To this <laughs> to this day, I still don't know if my friends find it annoying or, or if they actually enjoy it. I think they enjoyed it at first, but you know, I never stop, so I don't know now. But I, I just like to share that it's growing. It's like my baby, like I said before, and. Um, and then afterwards, I like to share the fruits of my labor with my friends and family. So it, to me, I think I find the most amount of enjoyment sharing it with everyone and also kind of seeing what other people's gardens are like. Like I my friends have gardens, too, and I really want them to send me pictures or videos so that I can see what the progress on their garden is, too. Speaking about sharing with friends and family, this is an odd question. Well, I guess it's not too odd, but is there like specific types of fruits and vegetables you want to grow to make a specific kind of dish? Mm, 
You know, that's a very interesting question because I will have to be honest with you. I don't, me and my husband, we don't really cook. <laughs> we don't really eat at home often. Well, we've had to because of the lockdown, but before then, we never ate at home. So I actually never really thought about that because we would usually like with our with the crops that we're getting, you know, we just kind of figure out a way to put it in dishes that we have or we'll give it away. But no, I have not ever thought about growing specific plants for a specific dish. But also mostly I think that I don't really like to eat anything that often that I would, you know, have a whole garden full of these vegetables and just kind of continuously eat that dish. You know what I mean? No, no that makes complete sense. Absolutely. And I've asked this question at the beginning of the episode, but I'll ask it again because I know people are super curious and love to learn more about you. So do you have any social media links, websites, or projects that you're currently working on so people could come show you some love? It can be related to anything you want, whether it's podcasting, I don't know, maybe you have a podcast, or it can be related to gardening, anything at all. So this is how I found Alex, your host for Time for Your Hobby, your favorite host <laughs> for your favorite podcast for all you listeners out there um, is uh, that I am trying to start that this is my project is I'm trying to start a podcast about interviewing people who already have established podcasts. And my project is basically to get to know them more. So hopefully I'll learn more about Alex tomorrow interview. And also maybe I'll, I, I would like to learn more about some of the harder questions like analytics or money that's involved with podcasting if he wants to answer those. But anyway, so that's kind of my current project. And like we said at the beginning, you can find me at Why You Podcast. Uh, hopefully by the time this episode airs, um, my podcast will be up and running and you can find me on social media at Why You Podcast and you can find me on Spotify or anything that you're listening to at Why You Podcast. I will put all those links down below so people can go check that out and show you some love and of course just watch you on your journey and then you, they get to listen to me ramble on hopefully i make some sort of sense at certain points i'm not just a babbling buffoon which is usually the case for most of my episodes i'm just a babbling buffoon asking the babbling questions anyways like, like i'm doing right now i'm babbling so i'll put all that down below so people can go show you some love and now for the last question where I actually get to be a babbling buffoon again. Do you have any questions for me about growing fruits or vegetables? Yeah. So I guess, do you grow fruits or vegetables or garden? And if you don't, do you think you want to now? Uh, I do not personally, but I would like to give it a try. But I'm like right now our place has horrible lighting and... I would like to get a place that has better lighting. And if I were to grow something like my dad, he grows his own pepper plants, which is origin from Barbados because I'm part Bayesian. So they, we use those pepper plants for cooking and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, it'd be kind of cool. I'm not a big fan of spicy food, but I'm like, ah, you know what? I'll grow pepper plants. People like spicy food, right? So if I were to grow anything, I'd definitely grow some pepper plants. So you don't, you don't have like a patio or balcony or anything outdoors in the backyard or anything like that? I do, but we also have giant raccoons who do not care about anything. <laughs> they, they will just go through everything. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably not a good idea. <laughs> well, it's a free meal for them, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It'll be just like my rabbits, free meals for the animals. So there you have it. Another body with a hobby. Thank you so much, Jay-Z, for coming on and just sharing, making me hungry. Thank you for doing that in a good way. <laughs> so I feel like I have to be healthier now and go eat some fruits and vegetables that I have in the fridge. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. But yeah, thanks for having me, Alex.
If you guys want to learn more about Daisy, you should go check her out. I'll put all the links down below so it'll be very easy to find. And if you'd like to be on my podcast or have any questions at all, you can send me an email at timeforyourhobby at gmail.com. And of course, if you like the podcast and want to leave a review, you can leave a review on iTunes, Podchaser, or Grow a Vegetable that has a review on it. I don't know if that's cool. That'd be cool, but I don't think it's possible. Or, you know, if you want to show some more support, I also sell merchandise on Redbubble with the Time for Your Hobby logo on things you do not need. But it's there. And I also have a Patreon, which once again is just optional. But if you're interested, the link is down below in the description. But you know what you do have to do? You gotta go show support to Daisy and her new podcast. Ooh, I'm so excited. The interview's tomorrow. I'm pumped. Yay! <laughs> I'm excited to have you. So until the next episode, make some time for your hobby. Take care. Bye.